Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Elevate Your Running podcast. In this week's episode, Austin and I share the workout you're not doing. That's right. We list all different race distances and we share the proper warm up. Did you know that the shorter the race distance, the longer the warm up? We also share how this impacts workouts, long runs, and we talk through if you're an athlete who warms up very quickly, how this impacts you. And if you're an athlete who takes a longer time to warm up, like both Austin and myself, and how you can set yourself up for success with different tips and tools that we both use so you can get to the start of a workout, a long run, or a race feeling confident that you are ready to go. We also talk about visualization and how important it is in training, whether you're in an easy run, you're in a workout, you're in a long run that could be easy or a workout, how important the visualization piece is to it. I find it incredibly motivating to visualize whether I'm having a great day or I'm having a crummy day and really leaning into that because ultimately it is going to make you a stronger athlete, definitely in training and most definitely on race day. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Elevate Your Running Podcast, episode 48. You are joined by your hosts, myself, Austin Myers, and my co-host, Sarah Mandershad, for this week's episode. Sarah, how are you doing this week as we near the new year? Austin, hi, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm really excited for the last few weeks of the year and thinking about 2023 and it's been on my mind for a while now but all the things that i get to create as a human as an athlete as a business owner but also you know leaning in and helping the elevate athletes determine what they want to create in 2023 so it's a lot of planning right now and i love it yeah i love this time of year because it does offer that opportunity to both reflect and project um, on the year that was and the year that we're about to have. And I think there's a negative stigma around the new year sometimes, or at least around like new year's resolutions. But I think anytime you can get a mass amount of people to have like a positive outlook on what they have control over. And I think that's what new year's resolutions offer. And I think when we project into a new year about how we want it to turn out for us, I think that's a really good thing. So I hope that our listeners have the same positive energy and outlook on the upcoming year that we have. And with that in mind, Sarah, what is your elevated moment for the week? Yes, uh, great, great um, you know, week in general with the Elevate athletes. And um, I'm thinking back to last weekend, I was able to have athletes race in Boulder. So in my backyard, finally, and it was so nice um, to come together. And I had uh, an Elevate athlete join me in Boulder to cheer on the athletes racing and running for fun. It was a 5K RMCU. It's a hilly 5K, so it's definitely not a fast course, but it is an opportunity to you know run like a hard tempo effort if you want to i think it's close to 200 feet of gain in 3.1 miles 
Um, but then we were, you know, given the opportunity to go uh, to one of our favorite coffee spots as a team and just celebrate community and the holidays and that one-on-one time that sometimes gets lost when we're, you know, in group runs and training for workouts and, you know, going to the next thing. And um, we had some dedicated time as a team. And that was just really exciting. It really like filled my cup and it was such a great way to start my weekend. And then I went in and did a long run and did a whole bunch of other things um, over the weekend. And it was just a great foundation to the entire, to the entire weekend. So cup filled check mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great to hear. My elevated moment is kind of in that, in that same light with community. Uh, I've recently got to pace a friend of mine who I work with for a half marathon and helping him to achieve a half marathon PR. And that was just a really special moment. Um, It was great to, you know, I love running with people, but in that moment to get to see somebody really work towards a goal um, to get uncomfortable and to push through it and to do my best to encourage them in that. Uh, it's something that I reflected on, you know, later in the day. And it, it's something that I, I want to remember and that I definitely want to have the opportunity to do again, because it really allows you to think about like, are you pushing towards your goals? Are you putting in the effort? Are you working? How would someone look at you if they were around you in that pursuit towards a goal? Um, And I came out of that just feeling so great and also getting to with that half marathon, it was a local race and just seeing the amount of people who I work with um, in the, in the community, in the workplace um, that, you know, I moved to Texas for, for BPN, Bear Performance Nutrition and getting to see that all come together. You know, now I've been here for about six months, almost half a year. And just that community aspect of it is really powerful. It it kind of allows you to reflect and think like 2022 has been a crazy year, but I am exactly where I need to be. And that's a really special feeling to have. So um, a really great elevated moment and one that I won't soon forget. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love that you're aware of, where you are right now as we near the end of the year and know that you're in the right place. I think that's really special. And I think sometimes as, as humans, we don't necessarily recognize that. And secondly, how has it been six months? Right. (laughs) Like what? I don't know. And lastly, like BPN definitely has one of the strongest communities that I can see just through social media, like the events that your company puts together for all of the employees um, and what looks like to be family, friends, the community. um, It's so special and it's so cool. And y'all look like you're having a blast and that you all love each other and friends. And that's just a cool thing to see. So community is definitely where it's at and inside tracker definitely knows community as well. They have a Boulder run group, typically the third Wednesday of every month at 6 PM at PR sports labs. And it's a great way to join in community. It's also a great way to learn more about inside tracker. So whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, 
you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. And that's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. So for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. That's insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. And I think Inside Tracker, or I know Inside Tracker, it's such a great tool for athletes. If you're looking, you know, to pursue new goals for 2023, um, maybe you feel like you hit a plateau. Maybe you feel like um, something is off. Having your blood analyzed um, for certain key biomarkers for athletes, it's a great way to kind of shed the light on maybe some things that aren't working in your favor. You can then flip the script and make things work for you. So things are a little bit easier. And, you know, with 20% off, it's a great gift idea too for that runner in your life um, or for anyone in your family who's, you know, maybe you're a cyclist or, um, or a climber or a swimmer, whatever it may be. It's a really, really fun, cool experience. And you learn so much about yourself and what you can do to show up stronger. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. I've been actually thinking about getting an inside tracker test here pretty soon as I'm in this ultra marathon prep. Um, because I definitely feel like I want to see where I'm not optimized. Uh, and then I want to take another test, you know, about a month after the ultra marathon to see kind of the difference in biomarkers and all of that stuff. So We'll continue to promote Inside Tracker because we believe in what they're doing and we know it is extremely effective um, as a means to optimize your health and performance. Today, we are discussing two important factors in both your training and your race performance that can easily be overlooked. Those two things are your warm up routine and the way that you prepare for a race, primarily physically. And then visualization, which is something that we've kind of hinted at in this podcast over the first 47 episodes, but there's a lot to visualization and it can also be an extremely, you know, personal, unique way that you approach visual visualization. Um, I know Sarah and I probably have our own unique ways to, to use it to our advantage in both preparing for a big workout or for a race. So both of those things are going to be the points of discussion for this episode. The first being your warm-up routine. Now, as we say that, we kind of joke about easy running sometimes about how it's not a fun topic. No one really loves discussing easy running. Warm-ups may be an even more boring topic. However, <laughs> it is not boring because it's effective. When you warm up appropriately, when you find what works for you, 
you see the results in your performance, both the day of, and then I think a really hidden powerful thing that you can get from an appropriate warm-up routine is the fact that you're going to feel better moving forward because you prepared your body for that workout or for that race. And because of that, your body was ready and it could handle the stress that you put on it a little bit better. So we're going to discuss warm-ups. And one thing that I think can easily be confused is what is best as far as a warm-up routine and strategy for specific distances of a race or of a workout. And one thing that, Sarah, I'll let you kind of run with here is that the shorter the race distance, so think, you know, a mile, 5K, 10K, as opposed to a half marathon, marathon, the shorter the race distance, the longer we actually need to emphasize the warm up. And as I say that, it may be something that is a perspective that people haven't thought about. But Sarah, I want you to shed some light on why it's actually logical to have a longer warm up for a shorter race distance. Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably one of like my least favorite things to do on race morning. It's like you're the adrenaline is already pumping, right? Like the you are like getting ready. You are ready. You just want to go out there and smash the race, but your body isn't really ready. Maybe your mind is, maybe your heart is, right? But your legs need that warm up and that stimulus um, to really get the body at peak levels as you go into whatever distance you're racing. So yes, the shorter the distance, the longer the warm up, and um, and it's a really cool thing that you get to do. Um, you know, if you're running a mile race, you get to lean into a 30 plus minute warm up. That's right, people. 30 plus minutes. And the mile could be anywhere from 4:30 to 10 minutes a mile, 11 minutes a mile. So your warm up might actually be longer than the actual distance that you're racing, and that's okay. We're, you know, really leaning to get your body ready to go in ready to just tackle that first, you know, chunk of whatever distance you're racing at peak level. So um, very similar to warmups, you will be doing or should be doing invitation to warm up. You can also add your dynamic stretches. You can add dynamic drills or just drills and then strides. And that's going to look a little bit different for everyone. Um, this is also an invitation to know you and your body and what's going to set you up for success the most, or maybe your coach knows what's going to set you up for success, um, depending on you and how fast you warm up. Cause that's the other key piece to all of this. So let's quickly, um, dive into the distances and the minutes and, um, and I'll take the first two. So we're going to start with the mile. So what you want to do is like I briefly said before 30 plus minutes. So that could be maybe 40, 45 minutes. It all kind of depends on you and your ability to get into that, you know, into that peak high performance level quickly, especially with a mile. You don't have a lot of time, right? You have, a you have four, four hundreds. Um, so you will want to, um, have a really, really nice warm up 
do a lot of dynamic stretches. What are dynamic stretches? Knee to chest, quad stretch, um, hamstring sweeps, lunges. You can do some light squats, figure fours, but dynamic means keep it fast, keep it moving. So one, two, three seconds at the most, and then you're alternating between left and right. Um, Drills come up next. Drills are high knees, butt kicks, glass walls, grapevine or karaoke, A and B skips. You could do sachets, um, upper body arm uh, circles to warm up the shoulders. There's a lot of different drills that you can do to kind of warm up the body and get really ready to go. Leg swings are also great as well as hip openers. Um, And then strides are equally important. And if, you know, the shorter the distance, probably a few more strides you want to do. So two by 20 second strides, four by 20 second strides, two by 20 second, two by 10 second strides, something like that. You can mix it up. And, um, and that's going to set you up for success. You'll want to do this warm up approximately. You'll want to finish this warm up approximately 20 to 30 minutes before you start the race. But again, it also kind of depends on you and your body. Um, for the 5k distance, I highly recommend 20 to 30 minutes. That's such a nice sweet spot to really get the body warmed up, ready to go. The 5K, you have a little bit of wiggle room um, in that sense of, you know, you can take the first half mile to to continue to warm up a little bit before you really want to hit goal pace. Um, and something else that I really, really love about the warm up is something new that I have, um, that I get to do now that I'm working with a new coach and she prescribes a three minute light tempo um, after I do my warm up and after I do my stretches and my drills and my strides, I'll do three minutes at like 7.15 pace. And then I take time to rest, recover. And then I go into a 90 second full tempo to really get my legs moving, get my heart beating, lungs going. And I'm feeling like I'm shaking out any last little bit of in my legs before getting into the actual race. Um, So for me personally, I take a very long time to warm up. And this is why I have the three minutes and the 90 seconds Um, invitation for anyone to add this to, um, to any of their warmups for any distance. Um, But it is a really great way to get your aerobic system warmed up, get your body ready to go. And so you can kind of you know, hit pace as soon as you start the race, as soon as the gun goes off. Yeah. And, you know, it is interesting to think about that. And I kind of reflect on my own training, Sarah. I know when we started working together uh, for one of my recent marathons, I told you pretty early on in the prep, I'm like, I like longer warmups. More so in, in the idea of like, I like to have two to three miles of just easy pace before I get into tempo work, whether it be, you know, we were doing hill workouts, um, stuff on the track, lactate threshold work. It's just something that I prefer. And personally, the reason that I prefer to have that longer warm up, at least in the context of easy running is because it allows me to feel stronger on, let's say I'm doing a track workout 
those first few repetitions of a track workout, what I find, and I think what a lot of athletes would find is that let's say you're doing eight by 800. It's going to be a little bit hard, at least on those first two reps to find your pace, especially if you've had a really short warm up and you haven't really gotten your body ready to run. I think it's okay if like the first two repetitions of, you know, an eight by 800 workout, if you are finding your pace and then you really settle into a nice flow. But I also think that the more that we can prepare our body for the activity that we're doing, the better we can perform. And we have to really place a lot of emphasis and value on these workouts. You know, I think the race, it's kind of easy for us to understand the value of warming up and being as ready as possible for race day because we do value race day because we want good results. But the thing is, if you're not practicing that warm up routine that you plan to use on race day, if you're not practicing that during your workouts, two things could happen. Either you're not going to execute the workouts because you weren't ready or on race day, you won't really know what to do to get yourself ready. Like you have to find what works through trial and error. And I think that that can change over your career as a runner as well. So really being in tune with like, how are you feeling during workouts? Um, And, you know, let's even talk about the longer distances with long runs. You know, if you have an 18 mile long run, or if you're just running a half marathon or a marathon race, you know, consider what you need to do to best prepare yourself for that race. Uh, I think a good way to look at it is like, Sarah, you were discussing the mile, the 5K. I think when we're considering those shorter distances, a good way to look at it is, what is the most that I can do in a warm-up to get myself prepared? And then the opposite would also be true, where if I'm training and I'm about to run a half marathon or a marathon, it's almost like, okay, what do I need to do, but more so of like, what's the least that I can do to make sure that I'm as prepared as possible. But at the same time, like if you're going to go out there and we're going to run for three, four more hours for a marathon, we don't want to warm up for 45 to 60 minutes. We want to try to get the most out of our warm up routine in a matter of like 10 to 15 minutes. And that can really go through different stages, right? Like Sarah, you were talking about dynamic warm-ups you were discussing strides and even just running at a tempo pace which i know i really like too because for me warming up is just as much mental as it is physical when i'm warming up and this is why we paired visualization with our topic of warm-ups when i'm warming up i'm thinking about what the race is going to feel like i'm thinking about how i want my form and my running economy to look and feel when the race starts to get hard, which it should, or when the workout starts to get hard, which it should. So consider that aspect of your warm-up as well, is that you're engaging your mind. You're getting yourself ready mentally just as much as physically. That way, when you get into the race, you're not relying on the first few miles to help you get prepared. You're already prepared, and you can settle into that flow a little bit earlier. Absolutely. It's, it's, it really is important. I think back to when I first started running my early twenties, 
I know I didn't warm up before 5Ks or 10K races. I know I didn't. And now I understand myself so much better. I understand my body. My coach is giving me really great feedback on looking at my workouts and looking at my long runs and seeing how strong I am at the end of all of them. And what does that say? That says I take a while to warm up. So let's give an appropriate warm up for the distance raced, right? So I think, and know as a coach, I've seen two types of athletes. There are the athletes who are ready to go. Let's say it's that eight by 800 workout and they are crushing paces in the first two reps. They might be over running paces in the first two reps. What typically happens with those athletes is by the end, maybe even by reps five or six or seven, it's starting to get really hard because they are warmed up and ready to go without much of a warm up. And they are, you know, overrunning pace early. And then it's a struggle to kind of continue on and finish strong. So I'm a big believer in how you show up in training is how you show up on race day. So those athletes typically will go out too fast at the start of a race and then they'll, you know, blow up or have just a really tough last few minutes, miles, uh, whatever it is for you based on the distance that you're racing. Um, and then there's the other athlete who might get into an eight by 800 workout and can't hit pace for the first one, two, maybe even three reps. And it feels really hard. Okay, everyone, that's me. And it sounds like it's probably Austin. And so don't get down on yourself because that's what I used to do. I was so, um, you know, negative self-talk about like, oh, you're not strong enough to hit these paces. This workout's a bust, all these things. It's like, no, actually, once your body is fully warmed up, you're able to hit paces. You're able to finish the workout strong. And chances are that seventh rep, that eighth rep, you're probably going to overrun the pace because you're finally at your peak level and your peak performance and your running economy and just feeling so dialed and so strong. So if you are an athlete who falls in this category, first and foremost, don't give up. If the first few reps feel hard, give yourself grace running a few seconds slower or 20 seconds slower. It doesn't matter. As long as the workout is faster than marathon pace, it's a workout. So check Mark deposit in the training bank. And if you are an athlete who um, who falls in this category, you are most likely an athlete who needs a slightly longer warm up. You definitely need that three minute light tempo. You definitely need that 90 second tempo. And I would even say invitation to play around with it and see if maybe you end it 15 or 10 minutes before the race begins. Um, if you are doing some of these shorter distances, like we mentioned, now we haven't talked about the 10 K I have a great story about the 10 K. So the 10 K you will want, you know, anywhere between maybe a 15 to 20 minute warm up. but I just raced a 10 K last month and I got a three mile warm up. and in all of my workouts and in some of my long runs, I get that three minute late tempo. Um, the 90 second one is only for race day. Um, but guess what? I was in Houston to race a 10 K with my friend and things got a little sideways on race morning and I didn't actually get the tempo work in. So I went out and did my three mile warm up. 
went back to the hotel to put on my race shoes to do the tempo and the strides and all these great things and wanted to head to the start line. And it just didn't happen for a few reasons. And, um, and what's really interesting about all of that is after I looked at my um, performance over the 6.2 miles and I had a conversation with now my coach, she's, you know, I ended up negative splitting the race and I went into a very fast, um, well, let me back up. The first 5k was like toggling between like half marathon pace. And then all of a sudden I found this groove in the last 5k and I was progressively getting faster and I was hitting like 5k pace, my old 5k pace at the end of the 10k. And I felt really strong and really good at the end of that 10k. <laughs> She's like, well, if you would have done the three minute light tempo and the 90 second tempo, chances are you would have had a stronger PR. Um, but that's, you know, a really great lesson for me to learn. And it's also a really great invitation to everyone listening to try it out. Maybe it's not before your next race, but maybe it's in your track Tuesday or your Wednesday workout, because it is a lot of fun. It gets your body moving and warmed up and you are able to hit those paces a little bit faster. And if you do warm up pretty quickly, still do this anyways, because I think it's a really great opportunity to get in a little bit of extra fitness and, you know, especially in the winter months, just getting your body warmed up a little bit more. So you don't pull a muscle or do anything that could, you know, cause an injury in the cold temperatures is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a really important perspective to understand that just because your mind knows like logically that you're about to go run or go race or go do a workout, that does not mean that the mind has told your entire body that that's what you're about to do. You really do have to wake up the body and get it ready for the effort because once the body receives that and it's primed and ready to go, it can perform at the highest level. But when it doesn't or when it's not performing at the highest level, there's a really good chance that it's because it just was not ready to perform. It didn't know that it was supposed to perform. Just because you see the workout on paper does not mean that your body can can understand that and know what has to happen and what's expected of it, especially with all the stress of life and everything that can go on in our lives. Like running is not all that we do. So how can we separate who we are as athletes from what's going on in our lives and get into that mode of like, okay, it's time to train. It's time to race. We do that by warming up. And another thing that we wanted to discuss today is visualization. It's a really powerful strategy for athletes at the highest level. Visualization. How do you see your success or do you see the way that things are going to turn out for you? I think when you hear visualization, it's really easy to think positive, right? We hear visualization. It's like visualize what you want to happen. How do you see it happening? However, I think what happens subconsciously is like you mentioned earlier, Sarah, negative self-talk. We can also have negative visualization without maybe even really understanding that it's happening, especially if we're going through something hard and maybe we don't feel like we are responding the way that we want to. That visualization creeps in. And if we're not prepared to combat it, or if we haven't done the practice necessary to combat it with more positive modes of visualization, 
then we can fall victim to our situation in in challenging moments. And then also visualization and being able to see yourself push through struggle and push through pain. Your visualization does not always have to be overwhelmingly positive. You don't have to see yourself out there cruising at your goal pace and achieving your goals. It's almost, you know, this is a personal thing for me that I like to imagine what it's going to feel like and what, how I'm going to struggle and what challenges I'm going to have to overcome. Because when I can visualize those hard moments, that allows me to be more prepared so that when I'm in that moment and they'll come up because when we're pursuing these big goals, things are going to get in our way. Resistance is going to push back. So be prepared by visualizing those moments and almost creating and rehearsing that strategy for how you're going to overcome it and how you're going to push through it so that you can achieve. And when you're reflecting back on those moments, you can use those to inform future goals that you have and future ways that like, okay, now I'm visualizing that in the past, I've overcome this challenge. That's almost like, that's giving me more information so that the more that I run, the more that I experience, the more that I train and push through these hard moments, it's almost easier for me to visualize how it's going to go on my future race days or in those future challenging moments because the the information's there. I provided myself with that information and now I'm a stronger athlete through that experience and that allows me to project forward to what I want to do in the future. Absolutely. It's such a powerful tool that we all get to do. And I love visualizing the race course and how I'm going to feel on race day on my easy runs. Um, I also do it on my long runs and visualize, you know, when I'm in the last 5k of a marathon long run, how is that going to feel on race day? Is it going to feel harder? Is it going to feel maybe about the same? Could it feel maybe easier? I think it's really healthy to go through all the different um all the different feelings that could come up on race day as well as different outcomes on race day right visualizing when you feel really great and tapping into that energy but then also knowing and preparing yourself that if you are having a tough training run it's a great opportunity to also visualize okay, if this is what's happening on the race course on race day, how am I going to shift and pivot into my performance values to get the most out of this situation? Um, how we show up in training is how we show up on race day. So wherever our mind goes during training, it's going to go there on race day. And something really cool that happened a few weeks ago at practice was I had, um, I actually had 800s that I was running and we um, didn't do, I didn't run all of the reps as 800. So um, two of them, I got to break them up and I got to do some cruises with some really fast efforts and a cruise. And then my other rep, I got to cruise for a 400 and then just crush a 400. And my coach was like, I want you to think of this 400 that you're going to crush as like your final kick at Houston. I want you to see this line that I'm standing on as the finish line. And it immediately flipped my entire thought process on that workout. And I crushed the 400 because I 
Well, one, I love to kick at the end of a race and I typically can have a very strong kick at the end of a race and that could be good or bad depending on how you look at it. But, um, but it definitely shifted the track workout to think of this is a workout that I'm, you know, running these really fast paces at, and maybe that's intimidating and maybe that gets in your head a little bit. I know it does for me. So now moving forward, I'm thinking of it as this 400, this 600, this 800, maybe it's a 1k as my final like kick in a race. And it definitely has shifted my whole like physical and mental side of things. And it's a lot of fun. So that visualization is so key. And I think too, it also goes back to getting or being excited and staying excited for the race. So when I was preparing for Chicago, I was doing this like every week and Um, and I definitely need to learn to tone things down a little bit when I get excited during training runs because my heart rate gets too high, but, um, but I visualized Chicago and everything that I wanted it to be and all the great things that were coming from it and whether or not that happened on race day, I don't even remember because that doesn't really matter. The point of doing that for me was to stay excited during the training cycle, to keep the motivation high and to feel really good about the progress that I'm making. Um, and visualization definitely ties back to the warmups, right? Before we race, like there are so many workouts and so many long runs where I do that three minute light tempo And I do the strides and I do the exact same thing, right? I warm up, I do my stretches, my drills, my strides, my light tempo. When you practice that once or twice a week for how many weeks you're, you're training for a race. And then you perform that on race morning before you go into a race. I will guarantee you that you are going to feel so much calmer at the start of the race, because that's going to feel familiar. And you're going to say, at least this is what I said to myself in Chicago, this feels like a training run. This feels great. That's how you want it to feel in some ways, right? Like the nerves are still high. Um, I was definitely a little bit nervous. I was very excited. I definitely was like tears in my eyes because I knew it was going to be a great day. And I had this sense of peace and calm because I just performed the same thing that I did with my team, with my coach over the last 12 weeks. And it just felt so good. So it's a great way to tie everything kind of all together too. And know if you are racing a half distance, 10 minutes is a great warm up. If you're racing maybe a really fast half, invitation to take that up two to three miles. The marathon doesn't require a warm up. You can do five to 10 minutes with some strides just to keep going. It all kind of depends at those distances of how fast you're planning to race and doing a warm up that suits your body. But I love how visualization can take our training and take our racing to a whole new level. Yeah. I, I view visualization kind of in two ways. You have active visualization and then you have passive visualization. So just to kind of put a definition of both of those active visualization would be Sarah, a lot of what you were just discussing where you're on a, an easy run and you're visualizing what it's going to look like on race day. You are considering in your warm up how you are about to show up for a workout or for a race. Those are moments where your body is in movement 
and you're visualizing what these things are going to look like. And I find that that's typically when it's easiest for me to visualize. And I think that a lot of people would probably share that same sentiment. It's almost like, I know there's a lot of studies that have been done that you learn better when you are moving in some way, like when you're relatively active, uh, you learn more and your memory is better. I think that visualization probably plays into that as well, where when you are moving, there's just something there where you get a little bit more potentially creative with your visualization. You allow your mind to be open to more situations. And I think that's really powerful. So to leverage that active visualization, which we've been talking about a lot. And then the other thing is passive visualization. So those moments where you're not moving, those moments where maybe you are, you know, I would say just doing some mobility or you are just stopped and you're relaxed. And you'll definitely notice that like if you're allowing your mind to wonder, it's almost like daydreaming, right? Like daydreaming where you're just kind of sitting somewhere and you don't really have to focus on anything. So your mind just wanders to the things that you care about, which for a lot of our listeners would be running. So we're visualizing like these moments where we're going to be on our next run or this upcoming race that we have. And those are going to be different moments of visualization, but both are going to be really important. And I think it's really valuable to be introspective in the way of how you look at your visualization practice. Like when is your mind going to certain places? I think, you know, when I'm doing the visualization, if I'm visualizing on a run and it's an active form of visualization, a lot of, you know, my thought process is actually geared towards like, when it gets hard, how are you going to push through? And I see myself pushing, pushing through those hard moments. The passive visualization for me is more so, you know, and what I think this is a strategy too that, that a lot of people can channel. And that's looking at the strength of other people and considering like how other people push through. Like consider, let's say that you enjoy watching other people run. Like maybe you look at people doing workouts on YouTube or you watch races, right? Like that can be a form of visualization to see someone else's success and to then consider how that relates to your own athleticism and your own um, you know, racing and, and training that you're doing, like, how can you carry that strength to someone else and then put that into some sort of visualization for your future efforts? So that's kind of what I find myself doing in, in more of a passive instance, but it is really powerful to understand both of those things and to understand how you are thinking about your own like training and workouts and those moments that gets hard like how do you view them where's your mind going and how can you use that to better inform and project towards what you want to be able to do absolutely i definitely definitely love the the active versus passive and you know i'm a visual learner i feel i'm a feeler you know like that's the way that I can connect to a situation the best. And I think it's so cool that we get to do that, right? And we also get to get uncomfortable in training and put ourselves in and flipping the script, right? And putting ourselves in that mindset of, okay, this is tough, but what if the race is tough? Like, how are you going to push through? How are you going to get through the finish line? And I think it's also important to know that 
there's been times, there's been many times where I've felt like garbage on the inside, more so my mind than my body, but at times it's been both. And I've had people around me say, you look so strong. And I think that that's a really important thing for anyone who might be battling this internal like mindset, or maybe your legs are just feeling fatigued. You probably still look really strong on the outside and kind of like lean into that a little bit more. And, you know, the passive visualization of maybe watching someone run is so cool too, because you get to see their running form and how they're pushing through the uncomfortable Austin, I think back to New York, and I bet you had that all around you, right? Everyone was kind of a mess that day. And you got to lean on each other to get through it. But also know that like, if the person next to you is able to get through it, you can also get through it because you've done everything that you could do to get yourself in the best situation possible to be at the start line feeling strong, capable, confident and ready to tackle it. And you're kind of all in it together. So my invitation is always to, if you're on a race course and you find that you are kind of, you know, feeling fatigued and having that mental mindset block, like also latch onto someone on the course and just stick with them. And I promise that that's going to help too. And sometimes it goes away after a few minutes. We all know if you've run a half or full marathon that there's always going to be at least one mile that sucks. <laughs> and like, and most times you flow through it and you get through it. So when you're in that mile, hopefully it's not any longer than that. Um, you know, latch onto someone next to you and just tell yourself, you know, one mile at a time. Yeah. I really love that take. You know, I, th- I think the the statement that perception is reality is so true and that we manifest how we feel about the situation. And this is where visualization comes into play. Um, you know, if you are viewing yourself as feeling beat down, worn down, like unable to give more and to continue to perform at a specific level. And then Sarah, you mentioned like people will say you look strong and you do and you are. And I find a really powerful strategy for me that isn't really a strategy. It's just somewhere that my mind goes when I'm running is to almost take, you know, you can call it a 10,000 foot view of the situation. You can also, I view it as like kind of a 3D view of yourself running and just seeing your body perform. That to me is a really effective way to visualize while in motion, while running. I do it a lot on my easy runs to kind of consider like, what does my running form look like? How can I run more efficiently and run stronger? But then consider it like when you're running a marathon and or a race of any distance, really, but just being able to take a step back and think, okay, like my mind is going all these different places. Maybe I don't feel the best about my current situation, but step back. How do you look on the outside? How can you channel that strength, carry the strength that you are probably displaying on the outside and bring it in? And like you said, Sarah, these things waver, like they come and go. We're going to feel weak one moment and then the next moment we're going to feel really strong. So just understand that too, that your current perception does not have to become reality unless you allow it to. Like If you feel weak in that moment, that is something that you can flip and that can happen through the practice of visualization. It's something that has to be developed. It has to be practiced through trial and error. 
we become stronger through time. I, I really think when you look at professional athletes, like the more experienced these athletes are, certainly as, as you age, like your body might not perform as well, but there's really something to be said about the mental strength factor for athletics at any level. You don't have to be an elite athlete. This can be for whatever goal you're pursuing. And the last point that I'd like to make, and Sarah, I'd be interested to hear your take on it because I know you love mantras. And one thing that I was considering is that when we have these mantras, there are things that we're saying to ourselves to try to get through those challenging moments. But understand that the words that you're saying can promote the vision that you're having as well. So these these mantras are meant to, for the most part, empower you in challenging moments. So allow those words that you're speaking to become a part of your vision about your perception of how you feel about the situation and understanding that just because they're words, they're much more than words. You can use them to inform and strengthen your current state in any challenging moment. So Sarah, I'll let you run with run with that however you'd like to as we get near the end of this episode. But I know mantras are a big thing for you and your training and your coaching and just the understanding that words ultimately can promote vision. They really can. I love mantras. All of my athletes know this. And it's such a great way. Uh, you can personalize it for you. And it's a really great way to lean into who you are as a human, as an athlete, and bring out the best when maybe you're at one of your lowest points, right? Um, so invitation for you know each training cycle to have a very specific mantra, right? If you're training for a hilly half marathon, have something of strength, right? If it's hills, you need to have power and strength to get up those hills. If you're running, let's say a Berlin or a Chicago or a Houston, that's flat. It might have something to do with speed and fast and quick, something like that. Um, and then ultras can be more of like the mind, right? Because ultras, you get to flow through you know, quite a few more miles, depending on the distance of the ultra than, um, than the marathon distance, which is the, you know, the 26.2 miles. So it's really, really great to have a mantra for each training cycle. That's really personal to you. And, you know, with all the, uh, with all of the elevate athletes that I coach, like I lean into what I, what, what, how I see them as athletes. And I had one athlete come back one time and say, I really like the word fierce. And can you use that in my mantra? And I'm like, well, yes. And you can use it in your mantra as well. Um, so it's really exciting. It's really fun. And what's really cool about like the one I'm really into right now is like, you are so strong. You are fast. And it's really more of like a statement than a question, right? Like you are strong, you are fast. And I lean into that. And where that comes from is I first heard that at the Boston Marathon, all of the supporters and the cheer and the crowd, like they were so great. And I was fall. what I felt like I was falling apart on the inside and everyone kept saying how strong I looked. and going back and looking at videos, I'm like, okay, I actually the pictures look terrible, but the videos, I'm like, I actually do look pretty okay. Like It is more in my head maybe than I think. Um, but then 
over this summer, I've had some incredible elevate athletes, um, pace me in, you know, progression, long runs and steady state runs and just kind of like pop in and out. I don't think anyone's actually paced me for the full duration, but it was really, really nice to have support in team members with me on some of those miles and hearing them say that to me when I'm in my head of like, Oh no, I'm running up this hill and I'm supposed to be hitting, you know, goal marathon pace. It's at mile 21 of 22. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And hearing them say that really makes it feel real. Right. And having that confidence around it. So mantras get to be statements. They get to be very firm statements and invitation to, you know, maybe it's recording yourself running and it could be running on a truck, on um, on a treadmill or on an easy run. Take a look at how you actually look. I, You know, there's this meme out there that's like how you think you look versus how you really look. And it's like how you think you look is like this amazing elite athlete. And how you really look is this like fumbling, like, you know, very tired runner um, with poor running form. And I bet it's the opposite, right? We are our harshest critics. And I would really, really love for you to, um, if you can do that. And there's all things that we get to work on, right? Like I definitely still am working on developing really strong hips and glutes. So my hips don't drop when I run, which causes my knee to cave in. We're looking for a really firm foot placement on the ground with a really strong, um, lower leg to support all of that. So my knee stays in line and it's just a very efficient way to run. So invitation to take a look at yourself running, see, maybe you know, maybe you don't know what needs to improve there. But what I bet will happen is that you're going to see yourself in a new light in a brighter light. And that's a really great way to start 2023. Really love the way you brought all that together. I think, you know, this episode, we hit on two main points. We hit on the the physical side of things with warming up and preparing yourself for a big effort. And then we carried that into the visualization piece. And I think that's a really important point to make that you do not have the physical without the mental and you do not have the mental without the physical. Running, I think so many people love running because it's a beautiful way to understand life and understand that when our body begins to feel like it's giving up at least our mind can pull us through and at the same time we have to make sure that our body is ready to perform and it takes both of those areas of our performance and of our being to ultimately perform at our highest level so as we you know near the new year new goals understand that it's the physical and the mental and when you can combine both of those things and you can strengthen both of those things, you can become a stronger runner, stronger person, and you can perform at a really high level that you may not have ever really thought possible. Like the things that you can make happen just by these little practices and beginning to understand who you are because everything that we say ultimately comes back to like, do what works best for you, but do something, do something to make yourself better. And when you invest appropriately, you're going to see some really great returns. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it and we hope that you'll continue to join us as we enter a new year. 
We have a very, very exciting episode coming up here in the next few weeks. So make sure that you stay up with the podcast and continue tuning in and connecting with us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Austin Myers 12. And Sarah, where can they connect with you? On Instagram and Twitter at Sarah Runs Happy and at Elevate Your Running. Thank you everyone for listening this week. You are unstoppable. Believe it, feel it, know it. Have a great week.